It is BS. God, I'll go again, John. Don't get mad at me. It's- That's so. Hey, not at all. Hey, shout out to Shelly Barr if she happens to be listening or not. Uh, we love you, Shelly. I think she's still. Uh, she went to visit one of her friends on the West Coast. I believe she's still gone. Uh, okay. Anyway, this is bjshow.co, although that is a legitimate domain name, but yet there's nothing up there yet. Matter of fact, I don't even think I forwarded it anyway. Um, that is John Combest, C-O-M-B-E-S-T. If you check out his website, every single day since 2001, he recaps. It's like an aggregation site. Everything in the state of Missouri that's politically savvy, important, that you should make note of, it's on his website. John Combest, C-O-M-B-E-S-T, johncombest.com. Uh, today is Monday. It's Cyber Monday. Uh, are you a big guy? Do you buy a lot of stuff online? Absolutely not. Really? No. I, uh, you know, uh, the bulk of my wardrobe comes from Goodwill. And, uh, you know, I, I use Amazon for, you know, purchases uh, for friends and family. But, I, you know, I don't participate in a lot of consumer deals, Brad. I mean, other than groceries, like I'm not a big consumerist guy. Hey, let, let's go back a minute. Most of your clothing is from Goodwill? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Interesting. Yeah, I, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm notoriously, I mean, among my friend group, uh, picky about, uh, I'm very persnickety about clothes, but I would, I would rather go to a Goodwill and invest an hour uh, in getting one good piece or zero good pieces than, you know, than heading to the local Nordstrom Rack and, and, and waiting through something at, at retail price. You know, there's interesting thing that, um, uh, and, and occasionally when I listen to KWMU and, you know, and I, Shelly and I would go back and forth on calls because it drives me nuts. There's like a theory I have and it, and perfect example. Uh, I'm a guy that has the radio on in the car all the time. So yep. when the ignition switch goes off, the radio goes off. When I turn the car on, the radio's on. Okay. <laughs> so whatever I'm listening to last is what comes on when I get into the car if I haven't been. So m- Saturday morning, I get in the car, turn the ignition on. And on comes the radio, and there's a guest talking about transsexuality, okay? And the running joke between Shelly and I is every single story on public radio and NPR has something to do with transgenderism or I'm going like, come on. And, and, you know, and once again, I'm not trying to say I know that's a situation that we have in our country now and around the world. But if you're a demographic guy like I am, and you pay attention to things demographically because that's what the radio business is based upon. We have demographics. The reason that we're doing yep. this station, we're this way, is because we know there are adults out there between the ages of 25 and 64 who like political talk. And that's what we're doing this for. And unfortunately, typically, they're men. And uh, talk radio in general, especially when you get into talk radio, sports talk radio is like 95% man. Men, regular talk radio, political talk radio could be anywhere between 80 and 85% men typically. But the transgender community is what? 1% of the population? Oh, they would tell you it's much more than that. And St. Louis Public Radio would tell you it was probably between 5 and 7%. I, but even Which isn't true. I mean, it's obviously not true. But, but even still, I mean... If you had, I mean, Walmart makes money because of the fact that if you are dirt poor and you have a third grade education or you're a millionaire and you have a Ph.D., you go to Walmart. You know what I'm saying? Now, here's what here's what the, the, the folks at St. Louis Public Radio or any public radio station would say is they would say that it is their mission to provide a voice for people 
who were left out of the demographics, who were left out of the capitalist system. I mean, they, literally, that's their pitch is they give a voice to underserved communities. I can't believe that phrase just escaped from my lips. I feel like I'm back at Washington University in the 1990s. But it's I mean, that that's that's the argument they would make. And Brad, to your point today, if you go to johncombest.com, KCUR, which is the, the Kansas City public radio station, has a story about how uh, the Biden administration is funding a local group to fight um, what are described as urban heat islands. So it's topographical racism. You know, the idea that there's too much heat in urban areas uh, because we know that heat is racist. Um, heat seeks out to punish people with dark skin. So the Biden administration is is funding a local group to to combat um, heat racism. So that's good to know. Well, no, no, no. Are you literally talking about heat? There's heat islands within the same, like in, within the Kansas City area. Yeah, er, they're they're called urban heat islands, and that's it's a form of of environmental racism. You can read the story uh, on my website today. Okay, so you're telling me, if any given day I drove into Kansas City and I had a very accurate thermometer, let's say I had like a laboratory grade thermometer that I had that I could get out of my car, that I could drive in one location. Like let's say my kids used to live, my my two sons for a while lived in Lenexa, that's in Kansas. But let's yeah, say let's that. let's take that for an example. It's Johnson County right across the border. Okay, let's say I went to their apartment complex where they lived and I took the temperature there and it was 82 degrees. And I jumped in my car and I drove into another part of Kansas City. It would be 89. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Now we know that there is, <coughs> excuse me, we know that we know that in urban areas, because of because you have buildings and you have more concrete, the the temperature is going to be incrementally higher than it would be in a rural area uh, where you have shade trees, for example. Let's use extreme examples there. Um, environmental advocates like the ones that are that are that are quoted today by Kansas City Public Radio would tell you that this is by design and that it is uh, this is a part of environmental racism. So white people go into an area and they destroy it by creating buildings and then they punish black people by forcing them to live in the city. So, you know, and, and the, the beautiful thing is, Brad, if, if you were at an institute or you're at a university, you can get private and public funding to study things like heat racism. Okay, I'm going to give you an example, John. Let's use my same example, me and my car and my laboratory-grade thermometer, okay? Yep. Let's say I go out into Wentzville, okay? Yep. And you drive along Wentzville Parkway, and all along Wentzville Parkway, you have uh, from both sides, from 70 up to 4061, you have nothing but strip centers and big boxes and food places and things like that. Okay, let's take one of the first places that you come to as you get off of 70 and right there on the left as you get north on Wentzville Park where you have Wally World, okay? Yeah. Let's say it's July 4th and I get out of my car with my with my laboratory-grade thermometer and I take a temperature reading and I'm standing in the parking lot of Walmart and it's, it's 98 degrees, okay? If I drive my car a quarter mile west of that store i'm out in a farmer's field and it's 94 degrees okay get what i'm saying i mean uh, oh yeah i absolutely you do. can find that uh, anywhere because but that is um yeah but you know what brad the i think i think as a white man i think you're probably just blind <laughs> to environmental racism i think you're i think you're <laughs> suffering from from temperature uh privilege <laughs> 
That's what I think. And I, you know what? I think I need some Biden bucks to investigate this. I think I think somebody needs to look into your, but, your but, but temperature see, privilege. See, let me tell you. And they, and see, you're sort of walking to my own little complaint about what happens with public radio. Most of the public radio stations around the country, most of the NPR affiliates are associated with the university. For example, you said KCUR, which is University of Missouri, Kansas City. Okay, here in St. Louis, we have University of Missouri, St. Louis, which has KWMU, and I believe is it KBIA in Columbia that is. Yep, the, it's KBIA. KBIA. You can remember that because it's short for Columbia. The right. last three letters. That's right. That's right. That's what it is. KBIA in Columbia, which is owned by the University of Missouri. So. It is on a, well, I should say for the most part, I don't know, uh, uh, KWMU is no longer on campus. They used to be on the UMSL campus. Now they're downtown in the fancy schmancy. Well, actually not downtown. They're in the theater district, what they call that, the the Fox. Well, there's a term. Yeah. You know, what they call it. Midtown or whatever. Grandel Square, whatever it is. Okay. Okay. Who do they have? That's right down the hall from them. Like what, for example, when UMSL used to be, when KWM used to be on the UMSL campus, campus, who's right down the hall from the radio station? Some Who professor, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, oh, absolutely. Yeah. So they go down the hall. Hey, you, Mr. Professor, come in here and talk about heat islands. Okay. I've, I've... Uh, you know what? It, it's a beautiful thing. And by the way, Brad, you are underselling the public radio relationship with public universities because you overlooked KSMU, which is in Springfield, Missouri, affiliated with Missouri State University, and KCRU, which is in Cape Girardeau, affiliated with Southeast Missouri State. So the, the network is even deeper, Brad. Well, but but see, the interesting thing is you have, and if you take it one step further, you know, you're very good, John. You were really good on that, but you missed another one. You know which mm, one you missed? Uh, uh, is it Warrensburg? No. Oh, I don't know. Who is it? It used to be Rolla, but now the... Oh, yeah. You're but, right. But uh, St. Louis Public Radio has taken over the Rolla station. That's right. In a, in a massive take. That's very fascist of them. It's <laughs> well, the, very capitalist and, of them and to, also, to annex another area and profit from that station. And also the one in Quincy, because if you ever listen to the, the callers at the top of the hour, they do the KWMU of St. Louis. Uh, used to be, it used to be K, I think it was KMNR. Uh, Rolla, but when they switched from the uh, from UM University of Missouri, oh, Rolla, yeah. which was the yeah, minors, you can't be you. You want to be Missouri State. Yeah. By the way, we we learned last week that Brad is the expert on Illinois because of his extensive knowledge of Sage establishments. <laughs> John is not the expert uh, on Illinois. Brad, well, I I went to school over at SIU. And, hey, you don't have to explain it to me, Brad. Well, you know Sage, you know Sage. Well, I used to work in Sage. And whenever I tell people that, you worked at the clubs? No, I was a flying a helicopter. And if you know anything about the airport over there, uh, by state, it used to be changed names. I think it's now called down, Downtown Airport or something like that. When I went over there, when I worked over there, it was called by state um by state parks by state airport because parks college oh yeah that's right parks is gone as well too because parks got uh annexed or eaten up by uh st louis university so parks is no longer an individual college but it was i think it was called the official term of the air uh, the official title of the airport was by state parks now it's called st louis downtown airport or something like that okay the north side of the airport which is where our hangars were is in sauge the south side of the airport used to be in Cahokia. Now it's Cahokia Heights. And also, I used to work, uh, I was a police dispatcher in Illinois, and I went to school at SIU Edwardsville. Now, the interesting thing if, if with Edwardsville is, if you have not been in Edwardsville in a while, Edwardsville is, I say this and sometimes look at me like, what? Edwardsville is the Ladue of Madison County. 
Oh, absolutely. And Brad, I haven't been there in maybe 10 years. And the last time I was there, I was like, this is a gorgeous area. Oh, well, it used to be sort of a blue collar working community with some college professors thrown in for good measure. You know, you had the you had the hippie college professors and you had the, yeah. the blue collar, you know, plumbers and electricians and stuff like that. Well, then what happened in Edwardsville was the it's the county seat of Madison County. And they had the, the Madison County Courthouse there. They discovered that... <gasps> They've got juries over there that if you walk into, if the, the attorney gets in front of the jury and says, this man right here will never be the same because when he was at work one day, he stubbed his toe, he got an infection under his toenail, and he's not been able to work ever since. So you need to give him $34 billion in compensation. Yeah. That's what's happened to the court system over there because they've become notorious or famous or infamous, whatever, yeah. for very, very, very lenient juries. So Outrageous. They, yep. they jury shop or venue shop all these cases over there, and there's all sorts of railroad. Uh, for some reason, it's also, I don't know, I, somebody explained this to me. It's where a lot of the railroad cases, the injury, the railroad workers, uh, uh, even though it's all over the country, they end up in Madison County, and it's also a ton of product liability. Right. And it's also- named every year. Is, there's a group that does the uh, judicial hellhole, they call it. And I think every year it's at the top of the list. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and the, unfortunately, if you remember this crazy story, it was a terrible story of that attorney who was murdered. Remember this crazy story? Um, uh, I don't. Five or six years ago, attorney, uh, he was divorced. But that particular weekend, he had his two young kids. And this guy broke into his house. The guy was actually a student at uh, uh, St. Louis College of Pharmacy, and he broke into his, it was, wasn't a house, it was a mansion. He broke into his house and he yes, murdered. Yes, I do remember this. He murdered this guy who was an attorney in front of his kids. It was this bizarre, weird story. And it so happened that a friend of mine, you know, I have friends like this, a friend of mine is in the Ferrari Club in St. Louis. And this attorney was like the president of the Ferrari Club. To give you an idea of his house, he didn't have a garage. He had a room in his house. It wasn't a garage. It was actually a finished room. And he had his collection of 28 Ferraris. Now, think about this, ladies and gentlemen. If you have a house that you, let's say your bedroom, your master bedroom is like 18 by 20. Okay, and that's a pretty big master bedroom. You could maybe, if you could somehow get that car in there, you could get one car in your bedroom. Okay, this guy had a room where he had 28 cars in one room. And the house was, I don't know, was valued at, I don't know, four or five million dollars and back in the day when i went to school at siu that didn't happen i mean you maybe had bubba who had a two-car garage who could get his pickup truck and his camaro in side by side but you didn't have anybody with a house over there where you get 28 ferraris in it and and once again i i'm not the kind of guy that if you're an attorney you can make that kind of money knock yourself out you know i'm not one of these people that's saying like well he shouldn't be able to make that amount of money you know what if he's not breaking the law if he's not for them yeah if he's not selling cocaine if he's not trafficking in child sex or something like that knock yourself out you know i mean some of our best friends are attorneys right brad (laughs) yes well some of them are some of them are some of them are some of them are that's a whole nother story okay uh 740 we need to take another break and coming up next I have something that I want to discuss with you. I'm just going to throw out, throw out a name. Do you know who John Leguizano is? I know John, uh, John Leguizamo, like the yeah. Hispanic actor guy. Yes, yes, yes. You said it better yeah, than I yeah. do. Yeah. I, excuse me, Latinx. He's a Latinx. Right. He has been in the news lately. Okay, no spoilers. I want to hear it because I haven't heard. I won't Google it. 
Okay, he's been in the news lately, and this is a question that, I mean, we've already talked about this to a certain extent, this topic already, but I find it fascinating of why he's in the news, because he's complained about something, and I'll just give you a hint. I'll give you two names. Say his name again. John Leguizamo. Leguizamo and Obama. Yeah, with a Z. Oh, excuse me, Leguizamo and, and, and Trump. Oh, okay. Put those two names together, mm. and we'll tell the story next break, okay? It's 741. 